0: Hi everybody, welcome to The Witching Hour. I am Patti Negri, your host for this journey into the other worlds on the other side of the veil where magic happens. I have got a great guest for you today or this week. If you are listening to us in the first week of Monday, October 24th, yes, we are counting down the days to Halloween, but our guest is Tim Shaw, author and medium and professional table tipper, and Spoonbender, Tim Shaw. So you don't want to miss that. But before I bring on Tim, where's Patty? Because... As often as I say that all year long, right now it's hard even for my Google Calendar. If, again, if you are listening to this week of October 24th, I probably just landed from New York, upstate, Plattsburgh, New York, and doing the Dark Water Paracon with my friend Frankie Frank, Richard Leah Lillard, all sorts of fun people. And I'm sure it was great, since I am taping this a couple days before. Um, on Tuesday, I'm making a. Sh- I'm not going to be teaching my regular class because I'm making a short trip to UC Santa Barbara and I'm going to be appearing for the students there. Then I'm coming back and then I'm jumping on another plane to New Orleans because, yes, it is Vampire Week in New Orleans. I'm going to be running the witches' Ball on Friday night, Father Sebastian the uh, Vampire Ball on Saturday night, and then we have Babylon on Sunday. And this year is extra, extra special because AMC and Interview with the Vampire is one of our sponsors. So, endless night and AMC present the witch's ball. And I'm going to do something really special going back to Anne Rice and the witching hour and her version thereof, doing some magic and ritual. So come to new Orleans for Halloween week. And then I'm jumping on a plane and going back to Massachusetts for Massachusetts paracon with Sam Balthusis. So I'm, Probably on a plane right now is where you're doing. Um, So no classes this week at all. But I do have some great classes coming up, including a seance, an online seance in the beginning of November. So make sure you like me and follow me. Um, Sign up for my newsletter at pattynegri.com because it's just flying left and right. And I really can't keep it all in my little bitty head. (laughs) I just can't. But I will be here Wednesday before, before a plane, before after a plane, because Wednesday is the live version of The witches' Movie Coven. Yep, with Heather and Jason and Courtney, and we talk about all things movies. So this is Halloween week, the 24th. It's coming up this past week, this next weekend. So my favorite Halloween movie, oh heck, my favorite movie of the world, we're going to talk about Wizard of Oz. The movie that made me me in all aspects. Yes, I've said it before. I have the big pink dress. Yes, I am working about coming in on the big bubble, working on that. Willow has one too. We're going to show that in the Willow the Willow report. Anyway, um, that's it. Where's Patty? Probably on a plane somewhere, but you could come see me because I'm everywhere.. Hi everybody. Guess what time it is? It is time for the Willow Report. Wait, is that Willow? Or is that a big beautiful pink witch? Or is this her Halloween costume? Yes, yes. For the Willow Report, we wanted to show you one of her many Halloween costumes. This was actually, she's not very good at the hat part yet. Um, Actually made by my friend Cheryl Kinninger who made all the costumes for all the wiener dog movies So she's a professional wiener dog costumer. Yes, you can't really see the beauty here But it's a really cool witch hat. We were deciding in between showing you this one or I Have to show you one more really quick Okay, pretend she doesn't have this pink dress on we're gonna rip it off. Wait, no We can't rip it off her. Hold on. Hold on. This is great. This is unplanned as you can see. Okay. Beautiful. Oh, look at how cute this dress is, the lining, but you know, winter's here, even in California, we pretend winter's here. So sometimes you need a fancy faux fur outfit. Look at this elegance. Wait, 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 sorry. I've never done this. All right. You want elegance? You got a trip to New York. Look at this. Does she look like she doesn't belong in a 1950s movie like Breakfast at Tiffany's or something? My fur baby's got a fur coat. So what is your baby going to be for Halloween? Even just a little bandana is kind of cute. Gracie, Gracie's got a brand new beautiful collar that she's just now growing into. Rhinestones, of course. And Willow, I think we're going to do one of those parties where she changes costume 13 times over an evening. Because what is cuter than that? Happy Halloween, everybody. Don't forget your babies. That's the Willow Report. Okay, this week's magic lesson, or spell class, is a little bit of both. Since it is the season, and I've been doing a heck of a lot of paranormal investigations lately, I'm gonna talk about paranormal investigations. A lot of you do it, a lot of you are curious about it, and how do you do a ghost hunt, so to speak? Well, I'm gonna tell you the very, very, very first rule, and the most important rule, is be respectful. In the olden days, actually, even like the early days of ghost adventures before I was with Zach and the guys, they'd go in and they'd scream at ghosts and yell at ghosts and challenge ghosts. And the ghosts really don't want – who wants to talk to somebody who yells at you? Not me. Now they've learned to go in nicely. But the only time I've ever had any big trouble is with disrespect. You don't like to be disrespected. I don't like to be disrespected. Ghost spirits. Angels and demons and elementals don't want to be disrespected. So go in with respect, go in, introduce yourself, say, hi, I'm Patty. We're just coming in. We want to, do you have anything to say? Who are you? Um, You could say things like how many of you here? Are you human? Were you human? Are you stuck? I mean, nice, talk nice. And you will get back now before you go in. Who are you going to call if you get scared? I always say work within your belief system. If you're a Christian, come up to your favorite prayer. Bring in the Christ light with you. If you're a pagan like I am, set up your dragon, set up your elements, whatever that is. But figure out if you get scared, how you are going to deal with it? But whatever your belief system is, the very, very best thing you could do in addition to your prayer or your chant or your Lucky this or your sigil. This little thing that I wear is what I wear on anything scary. The Helm of Awe sigil. Most powerful little eight-sided cross ever. Because negative energy goes in and blows it all up. I wear it around my neck for scary things. For almost anything. I have one tucked under my welcome rack to keep out burglars and bad spirits. But figure out what is your protection. The back of your neck, you guys. Think about it. When you pray, you bow your head, and that's to let in God's spirit. Close that down a little. You want to see people with your third eye through here, heart open, all your senses, because remember, you may not see them with your eyes. You might just see them with your inner eyes. You might just know they're behind you. You might hear them. You might feel them. You might smell them. But back here is the big portal right where your head and neck come together, close that down. That's where I make oils. I make all kinds of magical oils and you could put a little mugwort and you could put a little rue and all sorts of things. But even if you don't have oil, eh, use a little olive oil. It's really magical too. And if you don't have oil, just rub it and just say, I'm closing that down. Nothing's getting in from here. You know, I like it to kind of enhance everything but close it down. But the best thing to do is if you get scared or you get over your head is laugh. As silly as that sounds, Something's coming in. You don't know what to do. You've said your prayer. You forgot your whole prayer. You don't know what you're doing. Laugh. Even if it's the ridiculous fake laugh, <laughs> it's going to sound so silly. You're going to probably turn it into a real laugh. And that's going to so confuse and so frighten anything, especially a negative spirit. You're going to startle them and they're going to run away. Plus, as you guys know, I do a lot of breath work. Ha, your breath is your life force. It's your pneuma. Ha. You're you're doing kind of a vowel sound with a laugh. So that's ah, you're opening this up. Your clarity, your focus, your breath is coming out, your moisture in your breath, your free will. You are claiming things. Plus the fact if it is a negative spirit, they want you to be afraid. They want you to be angry. So a ridiculous laugh, real or fake you're going to be a lot less afraid, and you're going to be a lot less angry. So when all else fails, laugh. But do have it set up before you go in. And do start someplace easy. The little haunted place down the street that you hear there's a little girl that hangs out, or the bed and breakfast where the lady walks by. Try not to start out at the serial killer's house, or the prison where there's 900 stuck spirits, or the insane asylum. Because again, you don't jump in the deepened until you know you know how to swim and if you can start out with a team Um, there's so many teams everywhere now you can find them online start with people who know what they're doing because you may not have any equipment and not that you need any equipment you really can start out with a flashlight and and the recorder that's on your cell phone heck apps on the cell phone work really really good Um, you know a two dollar cat ball a two dollar mag light and your cell phone you've got everything you need But you might have somebody in that team that has an SLS camera and a K2 meter and all sorts of spirit boxes, and that's great. So start simple, start little. Who are you gonna call when you get scared? And more than anything else, it's about respect. Ask them questions, wait for an answer. You've got it. Go talk to the dead. Right now, around Halloween, the veil is the thinnest all year. They are there. And the other dead that you should talk to, not even on a paranormal investigation, is your beloved dead. Your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents. This time of year, Halloween, is Samhain in the pagan religion. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. It's time to put up a picture of Grandma. Maybe light a candle. Remember her. Talk about her. That's the kind of spirit you really want to talk to. Anyway, that's it. Go out there. Find your spirits. Be nice, and they'll be nice. I promise. And demons get way too much credit. We just talked about James Anito. He's coming on to talk about that, too. You'll see next week or so. But be nice. Have fun. Be safe. Don't go anywhere without permission. And carry a flashlight because it's really dark. That's it. That's your magic lesson for today. And do I have some good magic for you today? One of my favorite little packages of magic in itself. I have author, medium, spoonbender, spiritualist, and collector of unusual items, Timothy Shaw, and a dear friend. Welcome, Tim.
1: Thank you, Patty. Thank you for inviting me on because this is uh, uh, this is great. Because you know what? We don't get a chance to speak enough, and. We- you know, and, and in all honesty, you're one of my favorite people. I look forward when when we're at a, an event together, or a conference together. I look forward to like, whether it's it's insane, but I get a chance to like grab you for like what ten minutes, and then we don't see each other the rest of the, the the rest of the day. But it's always it's always fun to just hang out with you and and pick your brain on some stuff that's like really important to me.
0: And, and and i i feel the exact same way about you so I guess it's like the mutual admiration society you know co president vice president or president i i totally feel the same about it. just like there's Tim's gonna be there too anybody else i'll just fangirl over you you know whether we're in a giant planchette together or just passing in the wind
1: one never um, knows where we're gonna end up patty and believe me i still get comments about us being in that in, in the world's largest planchette doing a ouija session that was fun
0: that was fun i mean how often can anybody say they do that
1: <laughs> exactly
0: exactly um so for anybody who doesn't know who you are which i can't imagine tell everybody a little bit because it's your history to me is amazing about who you are what you do and how you got there
1: well, you know what? Almost. I mean, it, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of long and drawn up. So I'll just, I'll, I'll give you the cliff notes okay. uh, edition of it. Uh, the spiritual, the religion, the spiritual has been in my family since the 1880s. So mm-hmm. growing up, I, we have a, a spiritualist community here called Lilydale, and I had relatives that were down there. So back when I was a kid, pro- back in the seventies, way before you were born, Patty, we right. won't go any further, but way before you were born. uh I used to go down there. My parents used to take me down there during the summer because I used to go to a parochial school during during the school year, but all summer, I mean, we spent so much time down there with the relatives and that sort of thing. And I know from looking at me, it's like kind of hard to think that I would have been a hellion back then, but I was. So to keep me busy, like on Sundays, at least for a couple hours, they enrolled me in what's called Lyceum, which is the spiritualist Sunday school they have down there. And that's what kind of got the whole ball rolling. I started getting really interested in uh, ghosts and spirits and two-way communication and seance and all that great stuff. Because as a kid, I mean, we got a chance to go in. We actually had children's seances. Uh, They would go and teach us different things that we'll talk about a little bit later. We had talked a little bit off the air. Uh, Not so that we, as kids, and as we grew up, we wouldn't be like, freaked out uh when physical phenomena happens so it, it was it was a great it was a great education it was a great fun for me and I think that's what just kept me going and then over the years I mean I'm uh you know I'm out there I used to do a lot of backwoods trekking which is like survival trekking uh, I did flint napping I learned from a lot of Native Americans I've worked with Tom Brown Jr. the American he's an American mystic and tracker uh he taught me really how to, uh, uh, harness and focus what I do. Uh, it was his, just working with him was amazing. And over the years, I really had some great teachers, but I never really stopped. Well, I took a, I took, I took a break when I first got married, but, uh, when I first, when I got back into it, it, it's just, I just never, I just never stopped. I'm still, you know, Patty, again, it's so great to like, hang out with you because of the fact that I'm always, I'm, I'm like one of those people that are always searching and I was 65 this year and I've never lost that childlike uh, wish to find adventures and have this excitement and look what's behind the curtain, you know, that's, what's great. And I do like, I, you know, and through the different churches that I've served, I've done healing. I've done spiritual healing. I'm a Reiki master teacher along the way. Uh, uh, I just love doing this. And, I've gotten a chance to meet and learn from great people. My friend Witch Doctor Atu up in Canada, uh, you know, he's he's a great mentor to me. Uh, I work with Santeria. I work with uh, uh, so many people within the craft, and you yourself. I mean, you're just you're like one of my idols, you know, because ah. you know, you know I should instead of instead of having these antique photos behind me, I should have a photo of you behind me, right? right? That's what I need, you know.
0: <laughs> well, you didn't, you can't see the life-size Tim Shaw that I have right behind my camera. <laughs> but I, I look at you. No, uh, well, I get why we get along because we are the same person. I never, ever stop learning because you stop learning or or once you, the, even worse than stopping learning is once you figure you know everything.
1: That's <laughs> when you know nothing. That's crash, exactly. You
0: know nothing. I always um, tell my
1: students, I always tell my students, when you think that you finally mastered something, When you finally got to that point, you've just closed the door on everything that you do and you have to sit down and you have to assess and re look around at your surroundings and push on. And this is, you know, we talk about metaphysics, metaphysics, there's so many people that take classes, there's so many people that do the X, Y, and Z, but the certificate doesn't mean anything. The certificate only means that you have accomplished a certain level. Now what are you going to do with it? You have to keep rolling and working and working and working and working and pushing yourself up, learning. And you know, uh, my dad, bless his soul, he uh, he never stopped. He had a really bad heart attack when he was I'm trying to think. He was in his early forties, oh. couldn't work, you know, was disabled, and uh, he lived to sixty-five after having surgeries and all this stuff, and he went. And he never really wasted a day. He always looked at the, the fun, the adventure, uh, learning something. He was, before he passed away, he was learning Spanish. So, I mean, I get that from him. You know, it's it's like you just never, it's a lifetime thing of learning. You just never stop. The minute you stop, yeah. you know, that's it. What, what's there left in yeah. the world?
0: Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. So that's why we like each other. We're the same person all the way around. Just you have a beard i don't you know that's it um yeah but and
1: listen look, look what's on top of your head and look what's on top of mine
0: <laughs> okay I, I, I just pushed it up a little bit I just it up <laughs> really noisy over here i'll just set that up right there um yeah and speaking of always learning i i called you in a panic this week we're gonna go there again because he for those of you who don't know the whole what the, from the spiritual church turn, turn of the last century they did They're the ones that made seances popular. They're the ones speaking to the other side. And then they did this magical things like spoon bending, which we can talk about and table tipping. Well, I was just, I just got back from the most amazing Paracon Vulture city Paracon. We have to get you out to it because it is wild west. You have, you have to to. watch for cows when you're driving out. I almost (laughs) literally (laughs) fell into a mining pit, like not good in my car with three people screaming. Um, But, I, and it's, it's wonderful Jay and Marie Yates and they put this on and I knew I was doing a gallery and I knew I was doing a seance and then all of a sudden what they're advertising what I'm doing Friday night is table tipping with Patty Negri and I'm like <laughs> I have never tipped to- a to- to- table in my life where did they come where did the- they didn't read it and what what do I do it's like tim timothy tim i'm like panic i panicked did i not panic going i ran it we were somewhere together and i knew this was coming and i you have to teach me this. we have to teach me this. and and this week we oh my
1: god (laughs) that was so cute because you know when you first start and it's a mystery to you there's you don't even know where to begin and you know again i probably started table Doing table tipping 70 1972 73 somewhere around there when i was a kid and that is one of the things that they teach you to, to kind of introduce you into physical phenomena and by kind of working with the tables and getting them to move and you know we get to the point where we can tap out words you know tap out letters and you, somebody will write them down like if you're using a ouija board you write the letters yeah. down you can do that with you know do the same way with with, with the tables and uh it's it's so great there's different you know there's different schools of thought on it of course i mean we have to go and we have to recognize that but it is one of those things that i think at almost every seance i've ever done you can feel those vibrations starting to build and they start coming up through the table you can feel that table starting to shake and then starting to move a little bit and that's that that's the fun of it i mean it's exciting and and uh, uh people are like you know People, lay people who have not never done this, I mean, I'll be honest with you, they poop their pants because it's like, (laughs) I was, you know, I was in um, uh, Bay City, Bay City, Michigan, and I was on board the USS Edson, and we were, I was working with the uh, producer, Steve Shippy, so they're filming and everything, and I said to them, I said, this table, I'll bet you we can move this table, i bet you this table will tip, and Steve's like, what are you talking about? I said, well, let's just do this, we had been doing a Ouija board session and all that stuff, So we put, he and I put the, put our hands on the table and I said, can you feel the vibrations coming up through this table? He goes, yeah. He said, I can. And as I said that the table moved like six inches, he he was not ready for that. And you know, if you can get it just to move six inches, that's amazing. But I've been in sessions where the table, like if we use a card table, it's lighter. The table actually spins and, I've been in sessions that the table started to spin so much that people fly off. They can't keep up. They're running with the table and it's great. And uh, a lot of times uh, you'll get like bangs from underneath it, like boom, boom, you know, even I jump at that stuff or, uh, you know, it starts to move and all of a sudden it's like, it's moving back and forth and you go, you know, can you spell something or can you spell your name? You go A, B, C, and and you'll hit that, that certain letter and the the table bounces
0: you know wow. somebody will write it
1: down you know and uh i'll tell you a quick little story of why i got in trouble at a spiritualist church i know that patty it'd be it's you you will never believe that i would ever get like in trouble in a spiritualist no, church. no never well we were supposed to be studying we had a study group uh for uh our ordination and and for our become certified mediums well Yours truly asked the group, well, how do we know, you know, the whole family, the whole Fox family thing, how do we know that this peddler who was allegedly murdered and buried in the basement, how do we know his name? How do we know it? Yes, all this information that's coming from the church is telling us his name. Uh, All these old volumes is telling us his name. But how do we know? Because one person goes and, and says, well his name was and then somebody else uses it and then somebody else researches it. you know the old PDQ block thing is plagiarized, plagiarized, never let your eyes <laughs> let no uh, research evade your eyes, but never forget to call it research. So you know you have to understand that. So I said, let's try it and well they're all they're all going, well, how do we figure this out I said let's try the tables. And this thing, I remember it it tapped out the first name which was the same name that we had you know that was taught to us then it tapped out a different initial and then it tapped out instead of Razna Razma or Razna R O S N A was his last name it went in uh t- tapped out R O S M A Razma so we wrote it down and we didn't think anything of it two weeks two weeks later our uh One of the girls came in, one of the other students came in and said, look what I have. And she had a book by Emma bridge Harding called American Spiritualism. And she wrote this book because she felt American Spiritualism was starting to get really watered down. Guess what what his name was. His name was exactly spelled the way it was tapped out. Not the way that we learned it. None of us knew the difference. At that time, we, you know, we were, you know, following the whole church thing. And at that point, I realized that, you know what, maybe following this whole church organizational dogma thing may not be right for me. And it's maybe it's time for me to start questioning. And, you know, I've worked with the tables ever since. And, you know, again, there's different different schools of thought about how it works. But where this information came from, I have no idea none of us i can i none of us knew none of us had any idea
0: spirits i yeah because that is amazing and how you said pee your pants i've i've never thought of it before because my dining room table is an antique and it weighs hundreds of pounds i've never thought i'm gonna tip this i have drums 12 feet up in the sky that play they have that i can get i can get rim shots like that from spirits. yeah tipping no but you are right we have this little card table and i kept changing people i stayed there until the end and then let somebody else take it right and just the lightest of fingertips and and these people who are seasoned paranormal investigators were like being there (laughs) i can't believe it is bouncing it is moving it is vibrating it is sliding it is shifting and every group of people it had a different energy there was stronger and lesser so just like exactly with when we're doing our gift the mediumship or every seance is different because of everybody around it it was so obvious with the table tipping and again all these seasoned pros were like falling (laughs) off the thing because we got the table hold it wow but you know
1: you know what's neat is that the reason why i told you to use the, the card table is you have to you have to crawl before you walk and you have to walk yeah. before you run. And the big thing that other teachers have taught me was that you need to go and instill confidence in these students. I've, I've been sitting there at the one church that I did serve. We had a, uh, a long, heavy oak table. I believe it was about six or seven feet long, by about four feet wide. And I always remember I was sitting at the end. And we, we were all students and we all, and it was on a rug on top of it, which just makes it even harder because it doesn't slide. All of a sudden this table was bucking and it was coming up to my chest as I'm sitting there and it's just rocking back and forth. That, that was probably one of the most amazing things that I've ever witnessed. And this has probably, I'll be honest with you, this table has got to be well over 200 pounds at least. And it's really hardcore. But, uh, there's some, uh, there's, there's, uh, there's ways that you can tip smaller tables, but I like the, I like using the car table because when I was taught, we were using like the three, the three like foot it. center, you know, that center spindle. Right. And, and I'll be honest with you, you can tip those very easily and you can cheat on those. All you got to do is just like, just kind of move in a different way and it'll, it'll, it'll really bounce. But if you're using a four-legged table, I mean, a four-legged table, even if it's light, you can get it to move. Okay, somebody might be pushing it. But when you start getting it to come up and down, it's great. We, uh, at, we did a thing at the Burgeon House in uh, Burgeon, New York, where um, we did a seance there. And the table, actually, all four legs came up off the floor for about, about three seconds, about three, four seconds, came up and then crashed back down. And we were getting bangs coming through the, uh, you know, through the the actual table itself. And then the, the activity started to, you know, we started getting like bangs on the walls and the ceiling and the floor. And, you know, we started getting all more physical phenomena going on along with it, but it was, it's really, uh, it's, it's just a, you know, back in the day, back in the old Victorian days, they used these as parlor games and, I can see why, because myself, I think it's, to me, I love doing it. And whenever we get a bunch of uh, psychics together up here, Tim, break out the tables, break out the tables. I had a a, a couple of years ago, I did a seance uh, and we had five or six, five or six tables, card tables. And we had all put them together. Patty, by the end of the night, we couldn't even get through the seance because they're moving all over the place. And you'll hear me yell up. And everybody jumps up and the tables are taking off in all different directions. And we, um, I was in the Sorg opera house in, um, Middletown, Ohio, and we did it. And the table kept trying to pin one of the girls against like a a pillar or a wall. And, and they'll do that. They'll do that. And I always remember my mentor telling me that it's pretty common. Sometimes, you know, these tables, whatever is coming through the table, uh, will do that just to try to intimidate or be silly. And, uh, she had a student that said oh no it won't do that and when it pinned this guy against the wall she reached into her bag and pulled out a, a, a roll of toilet paper going i think you need this now <laughs> because he's she said his face got white because oh it's never going to happen to me and it really it that that was that was, that was a fun experience there
0: wow yeah that's an i just it, it's my new favorite thing it's like i got to find me a table to tip now um, and again, it, it is what it is. And I could see how it could be entertainment too, but it's also this magic's real. It helps show people that it, it just opens so many other doors, whether that mm-hmm. goes into your mediumship from there or just life. Exactly. I, it's, it's knowing there's more than this, this, you know, TV screen of, of, but
1: yeah. Now, you know, you know, when I go and I teach, I'm, I, you know, I'm a believer. Okay. I'm a believer. You're a believer. But there's a lot of people out there that aren't believers. Yeah. And I always say that there's three, three ways, there's three reasons that the table will tip. One is, of course, out and out fraud. That's you know, right. some people will do that. I've I've known I've known some people that have moved that are rather portly. I'm portly, that these people make me look like you because you're a twig. Oh, and uh I love you. No, and they, you know, and they'll they'll push it with their with their stomach you know that you know there's different ways that they'll push it with their stomach they'll exhale and they'll push it to, to get it to move uh then there's i believe that's their spirit of course i do believe that but there's you know ideomotor response is something that people have to always keep in kind of mind because a lot of times the subconscious mind works in a way that we don't realize and that sometimes you're actually you know you can actually manipulate like a, a ouija board planchette or or mm-hmm. even the table or whatever but with the table it's a little bit harder because you've got more people around it than just like one or two you know you've got like four to six people and I always tell people and, and uh, uh, something that you always have to look for is that I'm a firm believer in you know palm chakras and then i believe that there's a chakra in every fingertip okay. and i believe that when you put your hands on the table it has that connection and you get a little like a uh one of uh, the, one of my instructors from up in canada uh he told me that what you're doing is creating an ectoplasmic connection that's coming out of your fingertips and you can feel that stickiness you know okay. and it starts and you know and all of a sudden it's like you feel like your whole body's doing doing this you know and next thing you know all of a sudden the table's starting to move but you would think that if you're feeling this moving how can you move it because you've got like let's say if there's four people you still got three other people with their hands on the table why is it moving in that direction so I mean to me it's still a mystery of why and how I know how I believe it is and you know I always like to make sure that I present this as a possible explanation to students so that they can get a better understanding in case somebody, you know, somebody comes up and, you know, starts uh, uh, saying, oh, everything that you do is fake and that sort of yeah. stuff. So, you know, you want to make, you want to be able to go and, and uh, uh, present the rational yeah, with the supernatural. And that's right. what I always like to do.
0: I do too, because you've got to have that debunked. <laughs> Thank God that Ghost adventure for when it isn't. But I mean, ours everybody was far away. Nobody's belly could have been touching the table. Mm-hmm. Tippy is tips of fingertips. So I I see because I before I even take it into what spirit I'm energy. I see energy. It's we are that battery that connected that you exactly. know like electricity. Your hair stands up when you're in yep. a windstorm. We created such a powerful one of those. Well, that's um,
1: that's why you have. medium they call it the medium or like my instructor used to call it the ringleader and uh you'd have one person that's kind of running it running the show and then across from them you would go and put somebody that would be willing to be the battery and the battery is nothing more than everybody kind of focusing energy into that person and it's coming through that person into the table and uh, i always remember my friend lisa j smith she was on uh she was a, a radio uh, uh radio psychic with with me with in when we were all on uh, cbs sky radio years ago and we were we were doing this and all of a sudden I, I thought she knew so she said all of a sudden i see her like shaking her whole body shaking she goes oh my god oh my god the energy holy oh my god oh my god it's like this electrical current coming through me and i said well yeah didn't you know that? I never knew that. You gotta warn me next time when you do this. I, and I felt I kind of felt bad because I I just took it for granted that somewhere along the line she had she had known about it. But yeah, I mean, you there, there's different ways of doing it, and uh, that's that's the old Victorian style where you've got the battery across from you. That that's old spiritualism at its finest. I loved
0: it, and again, it, it certainly was. We've got whatever our hundred people, not everybody got to try it, but a lot did. And it just rocked and rolled. So I'm so
1: I'm so happy when I got you that message you, from you. You, oh, you, I, was...
0: I would have sewed it. And again, cute little. For when I first read the notes, I'm like, <laughs> this tells me nothing. I'm like, you just looked at it, but every single one of them came into play. But, like the sticky yeah. and like the this and oh, so it's the an, confidence.
1: You don't know, you know, Patty. I'm, I. I'm one of those people that really is not I don't have the capacity, mental capacity for anything that's really complicated. You know, I'm i you know, when it comes to computers, it's like I can click and drag. That's that's about it, maybe. And when it comes to this, I love the 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 kiss, the whole kiss principle. Keep it simple, stupid. Yep. And when I sent you those notes, I thought to myself, she's gonna look at these notes and say, He sent me nothing. Yeah, and I did. it's like You know, the old that, but that's the only way that I could explain it concisely to cover everything, you know, every possibility and what's going to happen and how you're going to feel about it. And it's, and the only way that you can learn to do it is to actually do do it. it. And like you said, all of a sudden, all these little things that I had written to you—every you, one of them—they're all coming in the play, and that's the fun of it, you know. Again, that again—that's the fun of it. And like you know, I—I—I I th- I got the biggest kick. I had a grin when you wrote me. And said how well you did. I had the biggest grin all day long because I was just like, because I was worried. You know, I'm always worried if I, you know, show somebody how to do something or tell them how to do it. Yeah, it's your fault. Yeah. Yeah, it's my. And I would have taken it. I, I would have said, yeah, my fault. I must have screwed up somewhere. But I was so thrilled that that it worked for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and no,
0: and had you written real detailed notes, I probably the stuff would have got lost. So you. My, kudos to you, sir. I, I give you full credit for my keep new table tipping ability.
1: Keep it simple, um, stupid. <laughs> keep it simple.
0: So try it at home, folks. <laughs> so speaking, going into the Victorian, um again, it's a world I, I, I dabble in, unrealistically on un, realistically, everythingly, but it's just so romantic, beautiful time. Aren't you working on some stuff right now? Aren't you working on a, yes. a new book? So uh, yes. tell us a little bit about what you're doing.
1: Well, the, the new book. Uh, will cover a lot of the, the mourning rituals of the Victorian age, the, the Victorian Age and the post-Victorian Age, because the actual Victorian age started with Vic, you know Queen Victoria and the death of uh, Prince Albert, and actually follow right through to the American Depression, uh, where all of a sudden things stopped, and the reason why things stopped, because we have so many uh, there was so much uh, paraphernalia that you could buy. And you had to go and you had to, you know, you had to uh, uh, adhere to all these mores and the proper etiquette of the time. Uh, but by the American Depression, you start seeing it all disappearing because there was no extra money. Uh, you have all the the Mumbler, the William Mumbler photographs and all the spirit photography, which was fake at the time. And I've I've actually got a wonderful glass image done by Gettysburg Photography uh, of me like being a ghost. You know, and- I love that photo. I just love it. Uh, you know it was done with a glass image a glass a glass plate and it was done in the original you know the original form how they would have done it uh, but there were other things you know not just the mystical things but you know you poor ladies oh my god you guys you know it was two years of mourning it was you know the first six months you had to dress all in black and you couldn't really do anything and the second, and the second, you know, the second six months, oh, you could put, you could put like little white cuffs on or a little white collar. And, you know, after that, you could go X amount where you could, you know, add purple or browns or whatever, you know, and, and gradually come out of it. And some women never, like Queen Victoria, she was always in mourning. But it spawned an entire industry of all sorts of wonderful, wonderful, neat things like one of my favorite things, hair jewelry. Oh, my God. I have some beautiful pieces of hair jewelry that uh, watch, I got two watch fobs. I have a small brooch where the hair is so, uh, basket. it's like a basket weave in this little brooch. Uh, I have, uh, I actually have an Ambro type case, which is, a, which is a small glass image. And it's got just a little piece of hair in it where it's just a memory mori type deal but my favorite pieces, some of my favorite pieces, I have two small ones and both of them came from France. Uh, they are just small ovals and they, one has got like mm-hmm. hair and you can see it kind of like, you know, really kind of arranged in a certain way. But I have another one where it's, it's like, it's like a flower and it's like this beautiful little scene. It's all done in hair and human hair. And that would, this was an entire industry. Same thing with the clothing, uh, same thing with all the jewelry the jet jewelry and the, the, the what they call uh french glass everything all the black jewelry and all the crosses it's 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 an amazing time period and you know it's funny cuz i have a lot of photographs uh, cdvs are uh are small you see them a lot there you see them at like uh, uh like uh, estate sales and you yeah. know auctions and all that but they're small paper uh paper photographs with a cardboard back press board you know like a press paper back and you see all this paraphernalia that they used to have and then oh then you have like all the the death photos because basically you know people you would die and people would never see you again they live so far away you know the the, when the nuclear family blew up you know everybody went west there after the american civil war you had people who had who were, you know, had passed and never had any images taken. They were just lost. And you had, excuse me, and you have all these wonderful, uh, uh, you know, pieces of of art and all this. There's so much to it. And then you have all the, you have all the traditions. And I have some great photographs of like horse-drawn hearses and actual like funerals. And uh, if you were rich, you could have a horse-drawn uh, carriage, you know, and, and be sent off in style. But if you were poor, they they have this they have this little like cart that people would push you down the street. <laughs> in. And uh, I mean, I've got beautiful photographs. Most believe it or not, the, uh, people have sent them to me from Serbia, uh, which I was just like blown away that I'd get the stuff from overseas. People would find out I was interested, and he goes, Oh, I found this in a I found this in a you know in a box. You want it? You can have it. And they'll send it to me and Uh, that's beautiful but all the different but all the different uh, uh, superstitions you know where somebody dies and you stop the clock at the moment of death and then you'll see yeah sometimes some of the coffins you'll have you know sad time there's a little there's a little uh, metal you know plate that goes on there and you set it to the moment that they died And and it's a decorative plate that a lot of undertakers have put on you would you would have you know your funerals your actual wakes in the house and if the rooms were too small they kind of leaned you up in the coffin against the wall (laughs) and a lot of places if you died up on the second floor they had what was called coffin corners where the steps would come down and then there would be a larger landing so that you could put the coffin stand it up bring it around like bringing down a refrigerator from the second floor (laughs) and then bring it down onto the first floor it's it, it the stuff was amazing uh photographs uh paintings Uh, mirrors, everything had to be covered. You had to make sure that the spirit wouldn't go and, uh, you know, get lost or get stuck in the mirror, see its own reflection. Or perhaps, uh, you know, know, the spirit would get trapped in the house. One of my favorite ones is when you have to bring somebody out feet first. The reason being, because if you bring it out head first, the spirit is confused and means that somebody close to him will die soon so oh my god there's just so many wonderful crazy stuff look you know and and what's neat is that we do have a lot of the uh we actually carry on a i would say modified uh version of the victorian age uh they would go and they would make something called funeral biscuits so patty somebody dies you come to visit when you're leaving they would give you this little packet It was tied, and it had a little. Sometimes it had a little ink or or a little wax seal on it. And there, these biscuits were actually cookies. So you got funeral cookies, and that's where actually the funeral breakfast and the funeral brunches come from. Uh, The uh, you would get like they had memorial cards, but not just memorial cards. They had invitations to funerals, and they were black or gray. The letter or the envelopes were all you know had borders on them and there were invitations for you to come to this funeral. So uh, now the little cards, we have the little mass cards, the little funeral cards that, that we have at so some, some many of these places, that's where that comes from. And one of the great one of the neatest things was is I always remember when my mother-in-law passed away, she was in hospice and they opened up the window. And it wasn't to preserve the body or anything. It was open because it was a tradition. And that was another tradition, open the window so that the spirit can leave, can go up to heaven, can ascend rather than getting stuck in the house. So it's, it's just fascinating. And the more I'm delving into it, the more, the, first of all, the more I'm delving into it, the more the, the more hair I'm losing because I'm learning so <laughs> much about about stuff I had no idea about. Now I'm working. Now I'm working in the. uh, I'm I'm covering the Undertaker's trade, so I'm learning all about uh, 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 gravity-fed, gravity-fed embalming uh, uh, machines and that sort of stuff. Wow! So this is the fun of it. It's just the fun of it.
0: So that is good. So we will all look for that book, yet to be named uh, Victoria Morning Stuff.
1: Hopefully, hopefully (laughs) next, hopefully next year, hopefully next year. That's my. That's my. I have some surgery coming up in November, so uh, I'm not going to be too active in November and December. So I gotta. I'm gonna hope that I'm going to be able to go and uh, I'll be taking my laptop with me and out of, out of my basement, out out, out of out of this uh, out of the out of the menagerie museum down here, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll be working on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I know your background is beautiful. I see all your stuff. So you are a collector of things. Do you collect? Just odd things, antique things, haunted things.
1: All All of the the above. above. All of the above. I just picked up a uh, Victorian coffin handle. Beautiful. It's just absolutely beautiful. And it was one of those things that uh, uh, just kind of somebody called me up and said, listen, I have this. It's been sitting in a trunk. Are you interested? I said, yes, I will take that. And I picked up a coffin plate with a nameplate. Uh, from 1879, I was at, we have a little oddity store here in Western New York that just opened up. And I went down there to say hi and introduce myself and visit. And I saw this on, the, on, on a shelf. I said, I have to have that. You know, you, so, so you never know where you're getting all this stuff. But I also collect, uh, you know, I collect a lot of like, I have, my, I have a, an original, uh, uh, you know, al- original uh, spirit trumpet from the, from, 19, oh. from the 1940s. I have actually a, uh, I actually have an original spiritualist mediums, uh, seance tambourine that, uh, was made in Cuba and brought here. And they, it was, this came from a, this came from one of the old grand dames from her estate after she passed away in Jamestown, New York. And, wow. uh, I was lucky to at least get one little piece of, you know, her collection. But I also have things from, uh, people send me all sorts of stuff from haunted locations and, uh. I do have some uh, rather interesting pieces. I do have a a wonderful little uh, voodoo doll from the 1940s from, you know, in the New Orleans style. I have uh, dolls that are made out of Andes uh, or no Peruvian mummy wrap. You know, when they find them in the Andes, uh, you know, it's there's a whole story behind them, but they make things to sell to the tourists and that. So I was able to get, you know, a really nice couple nice pieces of that. I've got juju dolls. I have one of my favorite dolls is a, uh, uh, it's a North Carolinian hoodoo, uh, Appalachian folk art doll. And it's got a beautiful little dress, little prairie dress on it. Excuse me, but the face and the hands are made out of tar. And the face is made almost in the shape of a reptile's face. And it's got human blonde hair on it. And I didn't know, I didn't know the backstory on it. And I actually put it at, believe it or not, I put it up on social media and said, look what I got. I don't know anything about it. A woman wrote to me from North Carolina and said, that is, that is a uh, protection doll that is given from, it's created by the mother and given to the daughter as protection against abuse from the husband. Oh, and wow. that is supposed to only stay within the family. Now, this was sent to me and, uh you know, I mean, of course, I venerate it, so I make sure that it's, you know, venerated. It's his, its own little case so, that, you know, it can't be handled or anything. And uh, that is an amazing piece. Some piece, pieces like that are just crazy. I have a, I have a crucifix here from Italy. Um, I had a, a, a friend of mine from Scotland who collected it, and he had taken, he had actually taken classes at, at, at the Vatican. And he got this crucifix that was used in, I believe, eleven unsanctioned exorcisms. Because you have sanctioned exorcisms, you have unsanctioned exorcisms, and these were used in unsanctioned exorcisms, which are more, which are more prominent than we would we care to even think about. And then dolls. I've got all sorts of toys that uh, people have sent me because, uh, you know, especially it's kind of heart rending because you get these little teddy bears and stuff. And one of them uh, came with a small compact and it was a little girl's favorite little toy. And after she, she had passed from cancer or something of that nature uh, they had broke up a room, but they kept that, they kept that little toy. And uh, I guess one of the other kids had seen like the image of the girl standing there looking at it no, and uh, they didn't want to, you know, here's the thing. They weren't afraid of it. They weren't afraid of the, the, the spirit of the little girl, but they wanted the little girl to kind of go on. But also they were more afraid of other, the other children seeing this, the little girl and kind of being confused and, and everything. And they didn't want them to be frightened. So uh, that was, you know, I, I obtained that, uh, that beautiful little piece. But, yeah, I have great things. And then I have my, another neat one is uh, it was in the Gettysburg Dime Museum that closed. In Gettysburg Pennsylvania and it was a memory mori and it was it's a little face it's like a little upper like shoulders and head and it's made out of brick slip and I talked to the guy the the former owner of it and uh, he said listen he goes if you want it I'm closing the museum I'll sell this to you but I want to let you know that I'd let, really like you to go and continue the research on it and he gave me this packet of information and what it is is uh like an 18 year old kid got killed in a brickyard accident in pennsylvania in western pennsylvania and his co-workers made this little image of him you know and it's 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 made out of brick slip because what they do is if you have extra slip in that what they do they make animals they make things for the cell you know folk art pieces that they put in the little shops and stuff but they made this of him and gave it to the family and he obtained it. And then, uh, he sent. he gave me all the information with it. So that's a, the memory more are really, those, those are neat pieces whenever you find them. Then of course, you know, Patty, you know, me, you saw the bone saw that I picked up (laughs) in in, in Michigan. the The two of us were, it was a riot because I saw this bone saw for sale and I looked and I, I, bought it because I, I have an asylum and sanitarium kind of collection along with a voodoo collection and i have this i had this phone saw so i go patty look what i got and she goes oh you know I <laughs> said, she goes how are you going to get that home i said don't you worry about it i put it in a box marked exorcism kit on it put it in put it in through my checked luggage and it came home perfectly <laughs> that's
0: amazing because airports are difficult for people like us
1: yes you patty i i filmed uh The first time I filmed uh, for Portals to Hell, I was going to Flagstaff, Arizona. And I had a Ouija board in my backpack. And I'm standing there waiting for my backpack to come through. You know, you're standing there. You're trying to be as nice as you possibly can to all the TSA agents and everything. And the backpack goes through the machine. It stops, goes backwards, (laughs) and then goes through the machine again. And the guy looks, is that your pack? I say, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. that's what that's all i got that's all i got never bothered me after that but you know (laughs) i know
0: i'm like okay i'm not breaking any of those tsa rules three ounces but all my the herbs and the oils and the odd shaped things and between both carry on and my check luggage i almost every plane trip with the check luggage you have one of those little slips from tsa that says we went through your luggage just for safety's sake yeah and mess everything up
1: well, I could, a couple of years ago when I was coming, I forget where I was, I, I got home and I opened up my luggage and I had like six or eight Ouija boards in there and I had different pochettes And then I had a, uh, uh, I think I was teaching. Yeah. I was teaching seance someplace. And so I had all this, you know, I had a trumpet in there and I had all this other stuff and I could see where somebody opened it up pulled my clothes up, saw the Ouija board, put the stuff back and just put the slip in and zippered it up. It was like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this. There's there's nothing going to explode. So I don't want to deal with it. Nope. Right, right.
0: I'm cursed. I know. Yeah. Oh my God! Anyway, um, oh, time is flying. I I could have you. I could do this every single day with you, but then we'd never get anything done. Um, but tell people anything you want to tell them where they can find you, where they can learn from you. Uh, social media, websites, anything upcoming you have that you know you're going to be doing. Well,
1: we that, want to uh, my my website is www.timothytshaw.com. com and that has a lot of my events and has, you know, just a lot of my bric-a-brac and my bio and that sort of stuff on there. Uh, I'm on, I'm on Facebook. You're, you're looking at like the biggest social media horror this side of the Mississippi, because I have to say that I am on social media. I'm just amazed by it. You know, I'm, I'm an old man that just goes, holy cow, this stuff actually works. People actually read this stuff. And, uh, but I'm on that. Uh, my schedule right now is starting to come to an end. Uh, the, uh, I have, like I said, I told you, I have the, I have an intimate seance uh, that I am doing at uh, uh, Paranormal Oddities, and the reason why it's an intimate seance, and I call it my Forbidden Knowledge Tour, is because we are going to do True Victorian, right from the, where I'm going to provide a meal, and mm-hmm. uh, we're going to do, the, we're going to do a seance, and then we're going to break into your favorite thing, table tipping. And maybe we'll, maybe we'll, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll bend the spoon or two. You know, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. And um, from there, uh, I'm just, and the the place that we're going to is very haunted. So we'll see what happens with that. But also, I believe it's the second weekend in November. That'll be my very last uh, event where I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be in Dundee, New York, or Dundee, New York, Dundee, Michigan, uh, at the Old Mill, which is, I love this place. It's a phenomenal place. And Tuesday nights, you can come and listen to my vodcast on Facebook. I just throw it up there, just have fun with it. It's called the Black Hat Lounge every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And tonight's guest, because this is a Tuesday that we're, that we're kind of working with today, uh, is going to be me. <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to talk about all. I'm going to talk about our, our little uh, chat today, and I'm going to talk about uh, all the things that are going to go on. And and then I'm going to actually, I'll probably do a couple readings and and uh, do some online stuff and just have some fun with it. But I usually have like some neat, uh, some really neat guests like, oh, I think Patty Negri will be coming yeah. on my show soon. Yeah. Uh, and so we can go and we can continue this. But yeah, I'm I'm going to be pretty busy and up until November and then I've got, like I say, I'll be sidelined uh, recovering in November and uh, going into December and then hopefully 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 uh in january uh i'm going to present something i did this a few years ago that was pretty successful it's called a cabin fever lecture series where once a month i get together with another person and we go to different shops and we go to different locations and we we talk and we we do uh you know, we we speak about different things that we uh, are specialized in, and then sometimes we'll have a ghost on along with it. So I have there's a couple of places up here in, in Western New York that uh, already have the minute I the minute I offered it, they jumped at it.
0: Ooh, you guys check it out. Follow him, Timothy Ta- T. Timothy T. on Facebook. <laughs> is it Tim Shaw, Timothy Shaw,
1: Timothy T. Shaw? That feel? Huh? It's it's Timothy T.
0: There's a cat coming on my keyboard. Oh, sorry.
1: That's all right. That's <laughs> all right. It's a black cat. My show's called the Black Cat Lounge. It's just appropriate. It's good. She's not black. I have to paint her.
0: Um, she's a calico. <laughs> um, anyway, I, truly one of my favorite people, truly saved me this weekend, gave me a new skill, um, <laughs> new magic. And you guys, check him out. He's one of the dearest, sweetest, most magical folks i've ever met so thank you for blessing us with your magic um
1: thank for you for inviting me and patty i'm telling you you know what's a mutual admiration society because i remember when i met you the first time and i thought i listen i've met a lot of people in my life but you're one of the people that i've always wanted to meet and uh you are as nice in person as you are out there in the world
0: oh thank you and i have a cat my baby. Little baby, Kitty. my baby. She's never done this before, so you're special. Oh, this is the Grace, baby. baby Grace. Anyway, no, no animals and children taking the show. So thank you, you guys. Check them out, Timothy T. Shaw. Thank you, Magic. Go, bend a Spoon. Right. Bye. <laughs>